Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Of course, uh, the the issue around anti-Semitism, the increase in anti-Semitism around the world has been absolutely staggering. Certainly, I see it online. We see it in government. We are seeing it uh, pretty much uh, everywhere that you look. And the question is, of course, how do we deal with it? You know, we've seen, we've certainly had discussions around, for example, in South Africa, community, Jewish community not feeling at home. But uh, then you speak to people in London and they certainly say the same thing, maybe from a different perspective. They've got a supportive government, but sometimes the streets are a little bit uh, dangerous and uh, prone to anti-Semitism. Professor Karen Mulner, she's chairperson at the South African Jewish Board of Deputies. A very good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Morning, Howard. I'm fine. Thank you very much. And morning to all the HiFM listeners. So it's a very, you're in a very, very difficult position because I can debate these things and uh, look at it from various angles. But at some point, the Jewish board can do the same, but has to take a line and follow a strategy, which is actually not a, not a, not as simple as it might seem, uh, because you you can go in a number of directions. The First of all, give us a sense of what is really going on on the ground, and then let's talk about different possible approaches. Sure. So I think if you talk about what's going on on the ground, I think if we look at our latest anti-Semitism report, um, it's it's certainly we've seen a huge spike in anti-Semitic incidences in South Africa. Um, it's increased about 600%, which is, uh, I still, when I say that figure, it still kind of boggles my mind. Um, having said that, though, that's been the case across uh, diaspora communities, wherever there's a significant diaspora community in the world, diaspora Jewish community mm, in the world, mm. um, those kind of figures have spiked. Um, having, and for the first time, I have to say, unfortunately, we have seen incidences of um, actual violence, but they remain extremely, extremely low. Um, so obviously, it's a concern. Obviously, it's something that we need to fight against. Um, but our figures are still low relative to the rest of the world in terms of on the ground, in terms of, unfortunately, the government rhetoric. What we're seeing is a rhetoric that perhaps is designed to make Jews feel uncomfortable. Certainly, the level of anti-Israel hostility um, is a, a kind of something that the, 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 the hypocrisy um the fact that it's directed in ways that seem contrary to the way the government deals with every other issue and every other co- other conflict clearly is something that makes us all uncomfortable. Scapegoating is not a new concept. It's been it's been employed as a uh, a strategy, even if it's a subconscious thing, to to anti-Semitism for many, many years. The idea being, find a group to blame. They can't be that big that they'll beat you up if you start with them, uh, but they need to be easily identifiable, small enough, and and that's really how uh, that that's really what scapegoating is about. Is is the Jewish community in South Africa being scapegoated, or are we just simply being caught up in a conflict obviously that the Jewish community is very very close to but in in reality that uh, th- that we associate with and not necessarily the other way around I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I think that on the one hand, um, I always make the distinction between what is noise and what is real. Um, and a lot of what we're seeing in South Africa is just noise. 
Um, and I have to say, I, um, you've done an outstanding job on Twitter. Oh, sorry, X. Um, I, I think that, that, that you are out there really doing remarkable work. And I'm seeing an amazing pushback um, from Jews out there in social media who are starting to push back um, against the, narrat the, the narrative that we're seeing for the first time. I do think that um, there is electioneering going on at the moment. That electioneering is very problematic. Some of the statements have been said around that electioneering are, are very problematic to suggest that there's some kind of interference um, in that there would be some kind of interference in the election um, which could change the mm, results mm. of the election. That The implication that was made there is hugely, hugely problematic, especially when any, um, you know, Occam's razor which says that the simplest solution is usually the, the, the right one and the honest one. Um, any you know change, and I've just seen a poll now which has suggested uh, that the ANC will fall well, but it mm, was in the Daily mm, Maverick, mm. will fall well below 50%. So I think, and, and the reasons for that are fairly obvious, which is lack of service delivery, high levels of corruption, complete lack of trust of South Africans in the current government to deliver. So there's something very disingenuous in the way that um, excuses perhaps are being made in advance, and we'll have to keep an eye on that rhetoric very, very carefully. Yeah, it's and uh, what I found quite disturbing about that is I barely saw any of our local publications taking that up as a concern. And the fact that it's Israel should be completely irrelevant. The fact that our president is saying that there might be interference, accusing a, a sovereign state of interfering with the elections in advance, i.e. haven't even done it yet, uh, I, I would have thought should have been a headline across all of our media, and yet it was barely mentioned. Why do you think that is? I think it was, I think partly, and I, I mean, this is going into issues that perhaps I, I shouldn't go into. I'm not sure about the, but I don't know why people didn't cover it with the concern that it deserved because it's a very deeply anti-democratic statement. And I agree with you. I think that the, the, the statement had not, the, the statement itself, the problematics of the statement of, of itself um, was deeply concerning to Jews because of the target, but should have been concerned to all South Africans because the suggestion that there is any kind of foreign interference in, a, in an election without real proof is a deeply, deeply anti-democratic sentiment. And I do think that coming from a sitting president whose party is under pressure at the moment as a result of very real issues in the country, should have been acknowledged. I did see some journalists, um, admittedly it wasn't headline news, some journalists that certainly uh, have shown no pro-Israel positioning, in fact many of them very Israel, anti-Israel, mm -hmm. did in fact see how outrageous that statement was. Well that's good to hear. The, 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 we don't have a lot of time but to me the question is how do we deal with it? You know there's this whole issue of and it's been well publicized on BBC Hard Talk, talking about, you know, South Africans almost keeping South African Jews with one eye out, uh, you know, out of the country. Uh, to me, surely the approach is we're South African. We have as much of a right to be here as President Cyril Ramaphosa does. If he's got a problem with us, that's his problem, not ours. And if we don't like what home looks like, let's renovate. Let's throw out the old stuff. Let's throw out what is offensive to us and get in what we like. Why would we take the, the approach of 
um, timidity. It doesn't work to be a victim of a bully. So, I mean, I couldn't say it better myself. I, I think you really expressed that, that beautifully. I think that we have the most remarkable, beautiful Jewish community in South Africa. It is a Jewish community that is admired around the world. And I certainly believe it's a Jewish community we're fighting for, and we have a Jewish life in South Africa that we shouldn't take for granted, we don't take for granted, and that we will continue to fight for. And uh, you just keep doing your, you keep fighting your fight where you fight it, I'll fight it. And, uh, and of course, we need more people uh, to, to do the same. It is 7.30. Professor Karen Mulner, thank you as always for chatting to us. Uh, uh, very, very interesting indeed. 7.30.